Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Passion Project, if you are just tuning in. Again, Taylor Reed, host of Passion Project. You guys, it is currently, as I'm recording this, the end of October. Crazy. Um, this year has, to say the least, been incredibly slow and also incredibly fast at the same time. Um, let me know if you feel the same in the comments, uh, on our wonderful social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, passionproject.pod. If you don't follow us, go ahead and follow us. Um, there'll be some fun things Um, You can learn things about the show and see pictures of our guests who you may not even know what they look like. Um, You also can learn a little bit about um, the things that they're doing and and maybe go follow them if you're interested and learn more about their stories. Um, I, you know, love that about social media that once you listen to our guests, you can go and follow them and live with them forever. (laughs) Is that the best thing about social media? I'm not really sure. Watch the social dilemma, you guys. Um, It's crazy. By this time, actually, I guess the social dilemma is like old. Is it old now? I don't know. Um, But yes, mid-October, we're getting into fall. We're getting into Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah. What are the other holidays? I don't know. There's a lot. So just holiday season in general. So exciting. Um... Anyway, um, on episode 26 of Passion Project, we have a wonderful and delightful guest, uh, Joshua Carter. He is an actor, a writer, a director, um, and also an, a teacher as well, an art teacher. So we get to talk about all those incredible things he's diving into and just really just thriving in. Um, we also specifically get to talk to him about his wonderful new project that he's embarked upon um, and that he started called Color Color Me Beautiful, an American Odyssey, which I'll provide all the links in the show notes down below. Um, if you guys want to go track that, if you're in the greater Lynchburg area, go check it out. Without further ado, here's episode 26 of Passion Project. That's how much I know about Zoom. <laughs> no, look, look, look. Teachers, we live on Zoom. Right. We, we got this. I can right. give you a background. You want a background? Like, come right. on. <laughs> right. Okay. Unfortunately, the listeners cannot see you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> but, yeah, it's only for me. <laughs> so, I think we, first of all, Josh Carter, um, thank you so much for being on uh, the show. Thank um, you, Taylor. Thank you. And... I'm just so happy that you're willing and taking time. I'm just so grateful that people take the time to be on the show. I'm passion project. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit. I think we know each other a little bit casually, but um, I'm excited to get to know. I think, so we talked a little bit before my sister did education, but I think we met of course, like in the theater realm. I know a lot of people doing theater at our school that we went to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where we met. Right. I don't even remember. (laughs) It was probably in that theater hallway, yeah. you know, the old one with the couches. Yep. 
real comfortable mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it was probably somewhere through there passing after a show or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I, like I said, I knew a lot of people. I think I distinctly remember, though, being like, my sister's in education. And so do you know her? And it might have been even after, uh, I don't even remember after she or you had left. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just funny um, kind of the circles you run in. <laughs> like Absolutely. Both of us run in and, like, I know people that I know a lot of people that did theater. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's just funny to look back and be like, where did we meet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what was your major? I majored in psychology. Oh, cool. So you, you got it all figured out. You got it. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. <laughs> this, this podcast is helping me process my life. No, that's good. You learn how to use your skills. Right. Yeah, I was going to minor in theater, but it just, it would have added like a year and a half to my degree. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to stick around. I'm just going to go see the shows. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, First of all, I'm gonna t- we're gonna talk about a little bit about just kind of this crazy time that we're living in. 2020 has been a year. It's like the movie, right? What was yes. the movie? 2018, whatever. 2012. There's that 2012. movie. 2012. Yeah. And the day after tomorrow, which weirdly, I don't know if you knew this, but it's done by the same director. Are you serious? He did, he did. It's like he has a fascination with like end of the world movies. He's like a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of creepy, actually. Uh, I remember when 2012 came out, the movie, and everyone was, like, freaking out. I mean, even during 2012, people were freaking out. Yeah. I remember I was in high school during 2012, not to (laughs) tell my age now, (laughs) but um, they, I remember I was doing theater in high school, and I was at rehearsal, and it was like, do you remember there was, like, there were these people that were like, this is the day the world is going to end. Yeah, the mind calendar thing. Yes, 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 and I was at rehearsal, and it was like, it was like past the time that pe- like it w- they say the world was going to end and everyone at our rehearsal was like, well, I guess today's not the day. And we just like <laughs> went on with our lives. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it was really 2020, right? I know it is. And as of recording this, this will come out in a couple months, mm-hmm. but um, RBG just passed away last night. Yeah. 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 I saw that. It's just like, and Jadwick Bozeman, of course. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I just like, don't take anybody else. Like, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about, uh, I, I heard on a podcast a couple of weeks, like a, a month ago, maybe that someone was, and this is a ter- kind of a terrible thing, but mm-hmm. someone said that if Tom Hanks had passed away of COVID, then maybe some people in the world, in the U S at least maybe would have taken it a little more seriously. <laughs> Look, Hey, Forrest Gump, <laughs> we don't right. we, we don't take that lightly yeah yeah it's just, and and i was like ooh, that like hits home like that like is so isn't that sad that like a celebrity has to like kind of make it more a more of a thing yeah yeah exactly exactly it's crazy so this year has been crazy i feel like you know we're in um september now but it feels like it's been like four years <laughs> you're telling the truth yeah. You're telling the truth because we've been inside of our houses, apartments or whatever, and yeah, we haven't seen people. I didn't see people for like six weeks. Yeah. I worked in the school system in Lynchburg before we moved. We just moved to mm-hmm. Norfolk, um, Virginia. Oh, and, by the ocean. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And the, the, thankfully, the seasons are cha- it's cha- starting to change a little bit. It's not as hot here. It's so nice. Um, but what so when schools first closed i'm sure you know like i was like what what am i gonna do <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. but 
talk about like what has this time been like for you? How have you been processing? Um, I like to hear everyone's kind of journey. It's been different for everyone. Well, I was very lucky because our school year was really hard. I work at a um, kind of a difficult school. We live in an inner city area. Mm-hmm. And so my school was a little difficult. Um, and we were everybody, the teachers, the students were heading towards this cliff. And then when the, the quarantine happened, it, like, it was like, whoa. <laughs> so we got to chill, slow mm-hmm. down, and like process um, everything, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, everything. And I was yeah. lucky because that was the time when all the industry people were doing like free master classes. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, hey. And so I found someone named um, Chester Gregory. Um, okay. And he was um, one of the um, influential people in my life. Um, he's a vocalist. Um, he's worked on Broadway. And for about two to three months, every week, we would do vocal lessons and then we would sit down and process. Like, mm. so this is how you feel. Don't ignore your feelings. Let's right. talk about that. Um, and so I had someone in my corner to not only talk to me about industry stuff, but to also not ignore everything that built up yeah. for COVID everything that was pushing me towards the edge like I don't think I can we talked about it Mm. so yeah that's awesome did you was it do you live by yourself or do you live with people I live by myself I was gonna say so I wonder I bet you that even that by itself is like can be very isolating I can't (laughs) tell you there I don't know what movie to compare it to where people are like (laughs) isolated like Tom Hanks what was the name of that movie castaway yeah to bring back tom hanks (laughs) talking to forks and like having full-on conversations about like no you're not going to do that yes you are like i'm telling you i'm telling you (laughs) full-on conversations to myself yeah i'm sure and i i mean i'm married so i had my wife but then i had our we have a dog so like that that by itself helped a little bit because i i was basically at home for like four months four or five months yeah Um, i know it's crazy Just like chilling and trying to find a job here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it, it's interesting just the different um, kind of coping skills people have done. What have you done as far as like, I mean, you mentioned the uh, talking with that performer, but are there any other things you've done as far as self-care or anything? Self-care, um, one of the things we talked about in my sessions with Chester was breathing. Mm-hmm. And when you are gone through trauma or if you've gone through um built up emotions like we were we were struggling in the school I'm yeah gonna tell you. it was a struggle year um i talked about breathing and then literally not distracting myself because it's real easy to go f- to facebook and instagram and watch right. youtube all day and sometimes i would literally turn everything off go to a piano mm-hmm. i would sing um i began to read more mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) like, um, I spent more time thinking about everything instead of distracting myself from everything. So I faced myself, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly. And I had like three, like three months of like personal Joshua, this is your therapy Mm -hmm. with yourself. Do you feel like you needed that? Like you you found that like, oh, this time was actually good to do all of that. Like we, we found, obviously the world found like we had all this time to do stuff mm-hmm. and some people, you know, did self introspection and some people like did their own thing, you know, yeah. but was that good for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I would be in the state of mind that I am now if I had ignored it. But then again, I think 
people face trauma differently, like you said. Right. So if you didn't do that work, I wouldn't feel bad about it because COVID was trauma. We mm-hmm. thought everybody was going to die. We stayed in our houses, didn't see people for several months. Right. Um, and so if you ate bonbons and, <laughs> you know, near cocoa puffs every day, um, I wouldn't be mad at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone processes it so differently. I mean, everyone, you know, they're definitely, and it's no shame on everyone. I mean, you, people just don't, aren't, as, some people just aren't as aware of like what a virus it, or like what, how much it can affect our society right now. Yeah. Um, and I think what, as of recording this, people are definitely more aware than they were like, you know, in April or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah and there was no hiding from it, right? Right. So all right. your little fears and insecurities are like right there with you. You can't go yep. to work. <laughs> Just laying up in the bed, like, how are you doing? We're gonna talk about uh, this. <laughs> was it important for you to still like have community even though we were so isolated? Yeah, my but my community was limited. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that was good too. Yeah. As far as like it was like my family, I had Chester Gregory, and then I had you, you know Joel Ledbetter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Joel, love Joel Ledbetter, he's like my big brother. Like, okay. he would call me and just be like, hey, Josh, how you doing? And we would talk for two hours. Mm. Um, and so my small little community, my sister is my heart. Um, mm. We are the best of friends. Um, <laughs> having that little community helped me. I think if it was, if it was too big, yeah. um, it would have become, you know how people can kind of like vomit up their problems to everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think because of the, the therapy state of mind that I was in, it was mm-hmm. good just to have a small tight-knit group. Yeah, and the world is kind of in a therapy state of mind. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Which, which, you're is right. In a, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I think, I mean, currently I work at a counseling office and I'm doing psychological testing. And obvi- I mean, I guess maybe not obviously, but there's just been such an uptick in that recently. Yes. Um, in the past, yeah. you know, four or five. And therapy as a whole, just, I mean, like we've, as a company have been like, our phones have been ringing off the hook really, really. Like mm-hmm. we get new clients, we probably get like 10 new clients a day. It's crazy. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. Is it because of COVID or is it just like people always needed it and just now? I think, I think it's because of COVID. Okay. But I also wonder if just people are more aware that, um, it's needed and they're like more aware now that it, they should go to therapy. Yeah. And yeah. I think that most of our counselors at our practice at least are doing telehealth. Mm-hmm. So it's just so much more, um, it's, it's just so much easier to do it. Yeah. Um, like to access it. There's so much, like some people, they just can't, you know, they maybe don't want to drive, like drive to a place and sit yeah. in person and talk like, and have that face to face. And maybe they're more comfortable with doing it like this. And there's so many free offers like Taraji P. Henson, like right. she, joined with people and gave out free um therapy yeah and a lot of um insurance companies are waiving copay fees right now so and that's been going on since like april so a lot of um they basically were like we we will basically they i think they reevaluate like every month um Mm -hmm. to see you know obviously this thing's not going away <laughs> but i don't know why the companies are like well maybe it'll get better <laughs> yeah they, they exactly. reevaluate every month and then we're like okay this month we're gonna waive it too so i find that funny but yeah it's it's been interesting when i first started working there at the beginning of august they i was like wow you guys are like really busy it was just crazy how busy they were and they were like yep it's been like that pretty much since you know april <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. 
well, I love hearing everyone's specific kind of journey. It's just so, everyone's so different. Mm. Like you said, like, you know, I'm living with a spouse and a dog, but like you're living by yourself. And then, I had a fish. Oh, cool. There was one day I thought he died and I was about <laughs> to have a meltdown. I was like, no, but. What's your fish's name? His name is Icarus. Great. He's That's a beta. Great. He's a beta fish. That's a great name. I got to say, I didn't really know what Icarus was until Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton. We could talk about that for two days. Yeah. Listen, listen. I've talked about Hamilton so much on this podcast, <laughs> especially when the film came out. Like that film saved quarantine. <laughs> no, look, come on. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, it's funny how a lot of people will talk about how, you know, the first month I just Netflix as much as I could mm-hmm. and, you know, Tiger King, it's funny how Tiger King was such a big thing. And now that feels like so long ago. It, no, you're right. It feels yeah. like two years and it was such a bad influence <laughs> on people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now, and it's just crazy too, of course, with all the Black Lives Matter marches that's been yeah. going on yeah, 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 yeah. and um, the election, of course, mm-hmm. so there's just so much going on this year that it's so hard to process. It's hard to process and it's hard to focus. Yeah. Like, which one do we take care of first? Mm-hmm. Like, do we vote first or do we ask for new le- legislation first? Like right. what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, we're going to go kind of swerve left and go um, talk about Josh Carter for a little bit. <laughs> talk about you. Um, so you said you, you're from Virginia. Were you mm-hmm. born and raised in Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Richmond, actually. But oh, okay. spent most of my life kind of in Farmville area. And then I don't know if you know um, Palmyra, Virginia. Louvana I've County. probably driven through it most likely on 15 you got to get through it to go through 15 so yeah yeah so super small town i guess yeah it's a very agricultural very small town everybody knows your business grandma can walk down the street and get you if she needs to so what was life i mean do you do you like that kind of aspect of it i loved it because it to me my sister and i spent so much time outdoors mm-hmm. um we spent so much time playing and imagining and so to me, it was almost like living in, um, the, what was that show? The um, Andy Griffith show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like living in this beautiful paradise, this fantasy world with all this wood, the woods right. and, and um, people were just kind. Yeah. You didn't meet mean people where mm-hmm. I live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just you and your sister? Yeah, it's just me and my sister. And we, our cousins lived with us for a couple of years. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Are you are you older than your sister? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Wait, yeah. do you like being the oldest? Being the oldest, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't feel like the oldest all my life because um, it was just us. And my dad's a pastor, and so our oh, okay. family is like this. Is, it was us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was us against mm-hmm. the world. So yeah. Yeah, it's I'm the youngest of three. Oh wow, um, cool. So I loved I love being the youngest. I think mm-hmm. I very much like. And and listeners know I've had both my siblings on by now that this comes out. And I learned so much from watching. I mean, younger siblings tend to say that, but like they, I mean, the good, the bad, everything they did, I just like watched, like maybe <laughs> quietly, maybe not like, you know, I probably said, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just so, int- I feel like I learned so much, even just like socially, like seeing how they interacted with people and like stuff like that. 
And but are they I a lot older? They're, so my brother's four years older than me and okay. my sister's two years. So we're all two years apart. Okay. Um, and we're all pretty close. I mean, I, my sister and I are kind of like you and your sister. We're very mm-hmm. close. Like this. Um, and we both did theater in high school. We're both like, even now we love pop culture. Mm-hmm. We love like, there's a pop culture podcast we listen to. So together. So we talk about that all the time. And it's not that my brother and I aren't close. We've just gotten probably more close in the past, like three years. Absolutely. But, yeah. And like he did sports growing up yeah. and I just like didn't do sports. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and did you ever get that thing? It was like your brother did it. So people are like, oh, when are you going to do baseball? Yeah. Like, well, when, when I was this? little, when I was little, I did a lot of sports. I think because parents and my wife and I have talked about this when we have kids, like you mm-hmm. want your kid to at least try something. And if they mm-hmm. don't like it, that's fine. But at least maybe try it. Cause you may like it. Absolutely. My parents kind of had that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, what about for you guys? Did you like find yourself interested in a lot of things when you were little or a lot of different I, thing areas? I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, there were things that I didn't think I was going to do. Um, but my dad was like, yep, you're going to sign up for track and you're going to do that. Um, <laughs> you're going to go ahead and do this show. Uh, actually you're going to be on the choir too. Um, yeah. and so my parents taught me to be invested in many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have that mindset to like explore. Um, yeah many options and and things that you can do with your life was there any pressure being a preacher's kid yes but what was that like (laughs) um, so my father was like an elder of a diocese i don't know if you have that lingo but um no i grew up in a pentecostal apostolic church and so they have like groups that get together that are called dioceses. And so everybody lives in the Western diocese of Virginia. So all these churches kind of associate. And then during the summer, all the churches come together and have a convention. And so my dad was like a pastor for pastors. Okay. And uh, he was also a principal. And so, and a uh, administrator later. So I have a school, like a school principal, a school principal, and then uh, assistant superintendent of a school system. And so there was a idea that there was no getting in trouble. Because number mm-hmm. one, you're going to find out if I get kicked out of school, guess who I go see? <laughs> yep. Um, my dad. My family was in education. And so my life was in a spotlight, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. from many angles of like people are always watching, like, is he going to fall? Is he going to trip up here? Right. Um, you're the pastor's son. You should know better. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I. Then there's kind of that trope, I would say, of like pastor's kids being the bad kids. Yes. And I fought that with a passion. <laughs> And I put it in my mind that I was going to enjoy it, which was kind of detrimental later because mm-hmm. there were some things I was like, no, that's the enemy. But it was like, that was a real feeling that I probably should have talked about. Yeah. But I tried my best not to be that guy. Yeah. So I, I, I tried my hardest not to be the prodigal son because I knew that's what people wanted me. Right, to. right. Um, so that was very happened, much maybe. A, a self-awareness of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble or something like that. Well, yeah, because I didn't like people defining me without knowing me, mm-hmm. um, especially with image. Like, yeah. I, I'm not the pretty pastor kid with the nice suits. I wore the mm-hmm. same suit every Sunday <laughs> on purpose. I grew my hair out on purpose because I didn't want you to tell me how, what type of Christian, what type of that's, this is what pastor sons look like. Mm-hmm. And when are you going to be a minister? And when are you going to start preaching? I'm like, I think that teaching is more effective than preaching. Right. You need relationships and I'd rather do it that way. And people are like, so you're not going to start preaching? No. <laughs> no. 
So did you go to your, so was your dad like your principal? My dad wasn't my principal, but he was my superintendent. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but was, and was your mom in education too? Yeah, my mom was a teacher, elementary school teacher, and my grandma was a secretary, and my aunt was my principal. Oh, my goodness. And my uncle was my um, guidance counselor. So, yeah. So, when you say your family was all up in your business, they were all up in your business. There was no way to get in trouble. <laughs> no Did way. Your, so, your sister being the youngest, was she a different kind of, had a different thought process than you? Absolutely. As, as far as, like, there was no, like, she was, like, maybe wanted to bend the rules a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. She's the troublemaker. I'm the rule follower. Like 100%. <laughs> I think that too is somewhat of, of um, like your birth order of <laughs> you being the oldest and setting an example, especially being a boy and a girl, I'm sure. Oh, too. yeah. She gets yeah. away. Look, when I came <laughs> home from college, there were things she was doing. I'm like, when do we start doing this in the house? Like, I thought we yeah. weren't allowed to talk back. But apparently yeah. it's funny now. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I'm sure my siblings had that about me, but I was just like, well, this is what I'm living. So, I yeah, mean, exactly. you, I don't know if your parents had that mentality, but my parents were like, uh, well, I par we parent each kid differently. And really? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> which I always think is like kind of a weird, I guess it makes sense because especially with like disciplining because mm -hmm. you discipline differently. But the whole phrase of like parenting differently, I don't know why it sounds so weird to me. I don't know. No, but it's, it makes sense because like with temperament, you treat yeah. a kid different. Like my sister was a fiery little somebody. And yeah. so my parents did different stuff because maybe like a spanking didn't do it. But right. for me, all you had to do was look at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, God, I'm coming back to you. And it's just like, yeah. Is that kind of attributed at all? I don't know. I may be projecting a little bit. But mm -hmm. like anxiety, like did you have a lot of anxiety as a kid or... I didn't have, I don't think I would, had a lot of anxiety as a child, but I was very conscious of, mm -hmm. because in being in a place of leader, my parents' leadership, I picked up on stuff real quick. Like these days, I could tell you how long someone was going to stay in the church if someone became a minister and if they weren't going to be around for long, I could pick it up like that. Um, and so I was very observant and I picked mm -hmm. up on systems and lots of um, uh, patterns. People quiet? Patterns. Would you say you were quiet? I thought I was loud and boisterous, but apparently I was very quiet. I yeah. thought I was, maybe it's my thoughts were loud. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It's, um, and it, it's interesting too, knowing your kind of stage persona, because I've seen you on stage a bunch. First mm -hmm. of all, Parade, I just have to shout out Parade. You were unbelievable in Parade. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I wish, we saw it on, I think the last weekend, and I wish we could have seen it mo more times because... My wife, we didn't know anything about the show going in, yeah, and yeah. We, which I think is a great way to go into that show, to be honest. Because, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And we were just, like, blown away. Oh, my gosh. It was so great. So I needed to tell you that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> but, and I've seen you as, like, Sebastian, and I've seen <laughs> you as very, these, like, very boisterous, yeah, very kind of flamboyant almost roles. Yeah. So I wonder if that, like, you, once you kind of found acting, if that kind of allowed you to be this other person. I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I, I was just attracted to, to movies and to the stage, not because of being other people, mm -hmm. but um, exploring those worlds. Like, you know, when you watch a Disney movie and you're like sucked into it, you're like, I'm actually in Bugs Life and I'm a yeah, bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was attracted to that. And so mm -hmm. I love the world, not so much being other people. 
did it feel like an escape from your own world or it was just you just like loved exploring the other world i loved exploring I, it, it was escapism but not to escape my terrible past right right um, right right yeah it was like a video game yeah like, i love exploring video games like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so i have talked to a couple older siblings on here my brother mm-hmm. included and i wonder uh, some of them have said that being the oldest, you feel this responsibility, this weight mm-hmm. of having, you know, having a youngest sibling and like, you know, always them having look up to you. Did you feel a lot of that too? No. In the beginning, it was like, stop <laughs> following me, go away. And then, but my sister, our family was really tight knit. We didn't go out much. People mm-hmm. didn't come over much because parents were so busy. The house was a safe haven. It was very calm and relaxing to be in our house. Mm-hmm. And so my sister and I, we were all we had for a long time. Right. And so I didn't feel like her older brother. I felt like her best friend. Yeah. Um, and now we do so much together. We go places together. We talk for hours on the phone and stuff. What's so, the age uh, difference between you guys? Four years. Four years. Okay. Almost five. Yeah. So do you distinctly remember like her being born? Yes. I remember What's the hospital. I remember going to McDonald's because little <laughs> Little Mermaid toys were coming out at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Did yeah. you? So was that like a big deal for you? Like you, if, like, were you excited to have a sibling, or were you yeah. like, oh no, no I was coming. Super, super excited, super yeah. excited to have a sibling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I because you've heard their story. I mean, me being the youngest, obviously, it's like, well, <laughs> I didn't have any other experience. Exactly. But, You've heard those stories of like, you know, the kid, like the parents bring home the second kid and the first one's like super jealous. And we're, we're, we've definitely talked about whenever we have kids, how our dog is going to be like so upset for, (laughs) (laughs) for the past two years. And even, you know, however many long until we have kids, it's just been us and our dog. So like, she's gotten so much love. And now when we have a kid, she's going to be like, wait, what is this? Or she could be one of those like, no, like snout to the belly and just be like, I'm waiting. I love mm-hmm. this. So yeah, maybe. That's interesting. That so yeah, it's uh, you hear that a lot about older siblings stuff, but that's mm-hmm. good that you didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we had our time. Look, yeah. come on, we had our times, but we never yeah. hated each other. Never, mm-hmm. never. Was that's that all we had? Was that too just like an aura? Like your parents kind of set this the example of like this is our fit. Like this is just where our family is made of love not that you know family should have that but like mm-hmm. it wasn't maybe like a sad thing of like this is what it's just kind of was what it was if that makes sense no my mom my mom came from a broken household mm-hmm. um and so one thing that bothered her was number one she was separated from her mother her mother was separated from her by family and through mm-hmm. alcoholism um and so she and her brothers and sisters are still kind of distant and so she would always tell us if we ever had a fight, if we were ever at it, she was like, you're all you have. After your dad and I go, that's it. Right. And if you're, right. you lose your sister, that's it. Mm. And so for us, it was like, we don't want our families to be distant. Like the other day, we talked for three hours. Mm. Um, and sometimes we'll just look at each other or we'll be on the computer. But we'll, I understand that if I ever lose her, that would be the worst thing for me. Right. Um, and so I want to cherish that and build that and keep that. Mm, I love that. My yeah. sister and I are the same, like, and honestly, my brother too, now that we're kind of like this, you know, we'll t- my sister and I, the, for the first, honestly, like three months of quarantine, there yeah. wasn't a, we talked like every day, I think. I'm, yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we FaceTimed almost every day. And my wife would be like, 
I would be text. I usually, I don't know if this is sad or not. <laughs> I usually only text my wife or my mom or my sister. Those are like the only people I really only text. Yeah. And I'll be, I was like, I'll be like text. I'll be like FaceTiming my sister in the morning. And then later that day I'll text her about something. Yeah. My wife will be like, what are you even talking to her about? <laughs> like you, you just talked this morning. I'm like anything. Like we're literally talking about everything. And like gifts, like all the time. It's yes. like, did you see this? Did you see this or video? Memes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the quarantine memes are just like so perfection. Like, yeah, incredible. Um, I want to ask too. Growing up as like a black man in the South, mm-hmm. how what kind of awareness you had of that? If you're like, what things your family kind of talked about about that? Like, what that experience was like for you? Absolutely. At a very young age, I was very conscious about my racial. Mm-hmm. Compare, comparing myself racially to others. Um, my town is not full of black people. I can tell you now. Um, I was one of the only black kids in my kindergarten class. Um, and actually, I had a very specific memory. My best friend and I were very stoked about joining uh, Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. I want to make the fire. I want to learn how to tie a knot. And I want to camp, right? And I remember very specifically one day he was like, "Black boys don't. Black boys don't do Boy Scouts." And I was like, they don't. And so Mm. I went home and told my dad, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, why not? We can go up to the high school. They're about to start. And I said, I'm not going to do it. Um, I was very knowledgeable about how acting black can get, what that can do to you in school. Mm. Very specific choices, um, way of speaking to people and presenting myself to people. And even today, you know, in a Walmart, I'll be like, hello, how are you? Specifically to let people know this is not, just anybody, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's a negative thing, um, but I, I'm very conscious about proximity where you keep your hands in a store. All my life, mama yeah. was like, keep your hands out your pockets. I was yeah. like, oh, she's like, keep your hands out your pockets. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't look at stuff. Just keep yeah. going. Um, it's interesting those things yeah. that, like, as a white male, I would not even have to think about that. And mm-hmm. it's just so... It that just shows even just talking with you about that like yeah that the, that's things that your family your you had to do like think about yeah. and like me I I would never even think about it. it's that things like that yeah. even it just I I'm like it's just that awareness of like oh yeah I wouldn't even have to think about that but then we have to think about our family's histories right mm-hmm. the way my mom and dad grew up and right. what they think it should be so I'm interested in your psycho my sister's psychologist she went to school for <laughs> childhood psychology the psychology of passed down trauma mm-hmm. of these ideas like do I really need to keep my hands out the, my pockets mm-hmm. do people really think I'm going to steal in the store right so those that, that's interesting to know to think you know someone born in 2002 do they feel that way or even this I mean last year or two years ago mm-hmm. I'm sure um well, and I think kind of if you're grown up in a faith um, household or if you're in a Christian household or any type of faith, mm-hmm. that it's kind of, it's, it's discussed as like generational sin almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, and that's kind of different. I, I don't know if that kind of coincides with what you were saying, mm-hmm. but um, it's, yeah, that is interesting to look at your, our, our, both of our family's lineage and kind of see, yeah, what is passed down to and a lot, I think kind of a general one, I don't know if it's, if it's even the same or kind of one that can, it's like alcoholism. People kind of explain that very specific. Like if my grandfather's an, an addict, an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times maybe my dad will become one and then maybe I'll become one. Like that's one that I feel like is like 
very yeah. much a through line. Um, no, absolutely true. And the thing with passed down traumas and things like that is like my parents were very specific. Like we had zero alcohol in our house. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even play with toy guns because my dad was very specific about like mm -hmm. the history, you know, family mm -hmm. history. He already knew. Did yeah. your parents talk to you? I mean, you you mentioned, you know, taking keeping your hands out of your pockets as an example, but mm -hmm. even just like their, how their upbringing was and how different it was from like the upbringing that you, you have now, like that you had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, um, I think the main difference was my family, especially my mom, understood the idea of connections mm -hmm. and so many things that happened to her in her childhood, especially with families. And this idea is like, why can't we go to the cookout? Why can't we? Because you'll be exposed to things that I already knew. And for years, I just I just want to go see my cousins. Like, yeah. Until one day they corner you in a in a against a trailer with their fist up to your neck, and they're like, I now understand yeah. what you're what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, but even the other thing about being conscious of being black, like I have been followed in a store. I've been stopped asking like you didn't buy anything like why do you care if i bought something or right, not? right um and i have to be careful about giving that trauma to my kids when i have kids mm -hmm. um so my family is very conscious about choices and stuff um do you think um with all of the things that have been going on the past four months or so mm -hmm. um there is kind of a much more kind of awareness of it or do you think you'll see like I can only speak, of course, from my experience and as like a white person, I can't speak for the whole white community, unfortunately, but yeah. I can say at least in our household, like we've definitely um, tried to become more educated on a lot of things and mm -hmm. like just listen. And I don't know if you know, there's a great YouTube show called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I think it's incredible. But that show, I've just learned so much from like listening to him and listening but do you feel like or, or do you feel like it's got like there's a more awareness but also like or is it just like there's these seasons where like something will happen like for say you know george floyd getting murdered and then oh yeah we do need to become aware and maybe it'll get worse again do, do you know what i'm saying like it's just yeah. like these things happen and then maybe the country is just aware of it and then it goes away for a little bit and then something else is it like that or is it like no. do you feel a real change is going to happen now do you feel i think that it is a phase um and the reason why i say that is because you are aware and you would never do that mm -hmm. but somebody else will yeah and so the thing about this is like, it's great that everybody knows, but my question has always been, especially with this Karen thing, I don't like calling people <laughs> Karen, but the thing about right. the Karen thing is like, whose aunt was that? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She eats at Panera with somebody. Yeah. Like they know each other and what are their conversations like? Mm. And it's almost like, even for me, like using the N word, like I will call a friend out for using it. So my question is like, who calls out their friends when they say something a little a little off and so i think it's it's a phase and it's not over mm. um i think at this point in public i think people will speak out like mm -hmm. now you can see when a police officer stops people and it looks wrong people yeah. come out with their phones and be like we're watching you just follow directions where i think that's a good thing yeah but why why do citizens have to surveil the police right so we went through a phase I think we're going to have to keep going through phases because this mm -hmm. is the growing pains, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And America, in a sense, is still a young country. I don't mm-hmm. know if you feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we're we kind of in another, yeah, like you said, a growing pain as just a, a country. I feel yeah. like we're still learning. I mean, obviously, you can keep on learning and exploring things. But, like, I feel like there's so much. I mean, listen, there's so much in our schools that is not taught. Yeah. No, <laughs> but sure think about know. 50 years ago. Yeah. fifty. My mother was on a sharecropping farm. Right. My mother worked tobacco yeah. as a child. Yeah. That's 50 years ago. So this idea that we're going to magically lucky charm ourselves into unity. Yeah. yeah. And theoretically, <laughs> yeah. 50 years ago, like, we wouldn't even be able to talk. No. <laughs> yeah. oh, we, we could, but it would be like, why are you talking to him for? Even right. on my side, like, why are you talking to him for? Maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that, so that is something your parents definitely, like, it was an awareness of, like, um, yeah, you should be conscious of how people kind of treat you type of thing. Does that make sense? Um, how people treat you. Well, I maybe mean, not that. Maybe that's not the right phrasing. But, like, uh, I guess how you should appear to other people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they understood that. And it was very successful for a long time until I had to question, like, Josh, who are you? Mm. And not what are you perceiving yourself to be? But also, my parents were very conscious about experiencing cultures. Like my dad took me to a synagogue and my yeah. dad let me talk to a Scientologist and my dad um, and my that's mom. That's so healthy you know, though. I think that's so have, healthy. And I had family members and people who used to be Muslim. And so they'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. sit down and talk with them about what it's like to be in Islam. And so now like I see people and it's easy to accept them and not try to make them me. Mm. <laughs> Do you, yeah. do you look back on that and you're like, wow, I'm so thankful for that? I love it because I love culture. I love going into a church where there's not a whole bunch of the same people. Mm. And we can worship in one place and not worry about that. Because mm. um, that's what it's going to be like, hopefully, right. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so recently I've been watching, I'm going to bring this up. I've been watching This Is Us. I don't know if you watch it. Um, it's incredible. Um, so, and... Sterling K. Brown, the actor who's... Oh, that show. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the the tearjerker show is what all, everybody talks about it. Uh, it's just a feel-good show. I just feel good after I watch it. Yeah. Um, but he's a black man and was adopted by a white family. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just interesting. So right now, at least where I am, he's like in middle... Like they do the flashbacks and he's in middle school. Yeah. And he's uh, in a school and he has a black teacher and he's taught like the black teacher is kind of like really take him in under his wing. But then his yeah. adopted dad is like, like, I don't know how I can relate and fit in with him and like help him realize his own culture and stuff like that. Yeah. Was that important to you guys too, as a family, like having cult, like a black African-American culture represented mm-hmm. too in your family? Well, I mean, I had no choice, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You go to church and everybody's black. You go to grandma's house and everybody on that road, because mm-hmm. all the cousins live on this nice country road together. Everybody's <laughs> black. Um, so I had no choice. It was just a part of the experience. Um, like I said before, it's the consciousness of someone else. Mm-hmm. Learning to listen. Learning to mm-hmm. be fascinated by the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I find it interesting, like, knowing where you come from, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, like, my dad's Canadian, so I know his parents lived in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I, I don't, 
know a lot like before my grandparents maybe yeah. but i guess that's why people are interested in like the 23 and me or anything like that the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ancestry.com but do you, you do you find that stuff interesting too of like where did my family come like what were they like before like learning about that absolutely my fam my mom and dad had a lot of videos home videos and i was mm. obsessed with them as a kid because you get to see what you look like at yeah two months old or whatever, yep. but I was connected to it because number one, you get to not only see what something looked like in the moment, but mm. also if it ever gets erased, you never get it back. I mm. mean, um, so this idea of family history, but also I talked to friends about this, like what it means to be black. Most people are like, oh, I'm German, I'm Scottish, I'm Irish. Right. For a lot of black people, it's like, oh no, they're just black. Nobody ever asks like- Right, right. Mm -hmm. Where do you know where do your roots come from? Mm -hmm. But the honesty for a lot of black people in America is we don't know. Yes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't say um, I got family members from Libya and I got some family members that are in the Congo. Right. Like I could not tell you unless I did 23andMe. But I heard that that could be kind of faulty. Yeah. Too. Well, I mean, unfortunately, probably most of your ancestors were probably slaves. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, right? But slaves, but like, do they tell the difference between someone from the Congo and somebody that was Nubian? Mm -hmm. Like when those two people, you know, get together, those are two ethnicities. Yeah. Those are two different types of people that just mix together. So you yeah. wouldn't. Well, and back then they probably didn't like, they didn't care. <laughs> oh, well, the slave masters didn't care. I think yeah. the Africans were very conscious about yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my tribe. Like that's someone in a different area. Yeah. Who, where are you from? Languages right. are different. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I find that interesting. And I talk about that. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm very aware of like wanting to ask you as a black man and talk about mm -hmm. that experience. And yeah. of course, you can only talk about your own experience and I can only talk about my own experience. Yeah. But um, I don't, as someone who is a you know, white male, I don't want it to be a fad. I want it to be like an ongoing conversation because it is, I mean, like this will come out in um, late October. And by then, like it definitely, and this kind of instant culture we're in of like social media and it definitely can, you know, become a type of, that was hashtag. great for a day. Yeah. A yeah. 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 But then if you think about it, it's totally traumatic to watch hours and hours of CNN and not only watch someone get killed, mm -hmm. but also to learn that people keep getting killed. So I think it's not just that people don't care. You need time to breathe. Yeah, there, yeah. I was so emotionally drained from explaining to hundreds of people. I would tell you, like, people just keep, so what is it like to be Black? And how do you feel about this? And there was just a time where I was just like, yeah, I can't even watch the news. I don't want to leave my house. Don't talk to me. Um, and so half of it is like a hashtag, but half of it is like, how much can we take? Yeah. Can we yeah. feel? Um, yeah. Do you feel like... I guess during that, that, that time specifically of those couple months, it was, it was a lot, but do you ever feel like I, I, I'm so sick of people asking me things about it or like white people asking me about it or anything like that? No, I, I will always want to share because I'm yeah. a teacher. I'm a yeah, teacher. Yeah, yeah. So I love for people to get the light bulb. I was tired of people who would always come around with the, but, but did you see the statistics? But, and to me, but black on black crime or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like going, I found myself getting consumed with the addiction of is mansplaining a good word, but it's like black splaining. Yeah. 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 
and I learned from some really good mentors and some friends that was like, it's not your responsibility to change their mind. Yeah. That's their job. So if they don't want to change, just flip the script and go somewhere else. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I just, I think it's so important to have this dial, like a dialogue mm-hmm. and a conversation. And that's why I love that show so much on YouTube is because it's literally just people talking about, and that's like, like having a dialogue and a conversation is so, and that's why I love podcasting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. You can have a conversation like that and just, um, it can, some people can learn from it. I mean, everyone can learn from it, but some people can take one thing and other people can take another exactly. thing. Exactly. And the thing about people with different belief systems talking. Mm-hmm. So if there was someone who was a white supremacist, I wouldn't be opposed to talking to them because I can learn a couple of things. Yeah. About like this whole idea of actors empathize, right? That's our job right. is to get into the story and like really connect dot to dot. Oh, this is why you make these choices. And so I think it's important to have conversations with people who don't even believe what you believe or not even empathetic to what you believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for having that conversation. (laughs) 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 Um, I do want to ask, so of course we've talked about how you're an educator, but you're Mm -hmm. also a performer and a director too. I know directing and teaching, I'm sure are very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering about your path of like performing, like how did you find it? What is your, like, what do you love about it? Like, what do you love about that aspect of your kind of passion? Um, performance feels like a literature class. Like when you get a script and you're really excited about what you're doing, um, it's an, an entire adventure. And I got all of my little journals. I love the journal. Mm-hmm. I love getting pictures. Um, I love the world, like I said before. But getting into performance in elementary school, uh, it was, I think, about first grade. I saw the fourth graders do a play. It was a Disney uh, Disney Junior version of Cinderella. Love uh, it. And for some reason, <laughs> I was crying after, and I was like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> and my friends in first grade were like... Was it just like seeing people your own age like do that? Was that part of it too? or No. Well, kind of. But it was the worlds that I make in my mind were like in my face. Mm. I could, I said, I saw that story in the TV, but now it's like in front of me. It's like really real. And when I watched TV as a kid, I had this ability to get rid of periphery vision Mm. and like feel like I was in the world. Wow. So things would disappear. And I didn't think it was a good movie unless I could do that. Right. (laughs) Um, Unless I could just be like, I'm in the world. Do you still have that? Not as much, <laughs> not as much, unfortunately, because yeah. I think there's a lot of distractions. Maybe I need to fast from social media, but, um, but no, it was that things like that place is now here. Mm. And so performing gave me the ability to be in those places and see and, and, and react and yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I wonder too. So obviously education being a big deal in your family, Yeah. was it, did you always know you would go into something like that or? Was there the, a pressure to go into it? <laughs> it was, you, you get that conversation. It's like, great, you're going to act. So what are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> and even people, because my dad had a presence in our community. Yep. And so young man, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to be an actor. You're going to be like Denzel? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be like Denzel. You know what people? So, you know what's funny with that? That is that people now are gonna be like, you're gonna be like his son because his son's acting now. Like kids yeah, yeah. now are probably gonna be like, I'm gonna be like his son. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But that <laughs> was so the funny. answer, right? So yeah. you told people, I'm gonna be a teacher, and they're like, Oh, well done. Yeah. Excellent. You're gonna be like your father. But in the back of my head, the first day I got to Liberty, I already declared my major. My parents were there <laughs> watching me sign the papers. Um, <laughs> education. Okay. Is it English? Okay. Good. Um, my parents supported, but they were like, what are you going to really do? Yes. And so the first day. My parents okay. were very similar. I think if exactly. I had gone into acting, they would have been like, okay, cool. But like, we're spending all this money to, like, yeah. Do. Yes. What? And so yeah. the first day my parents left me, I waved, rode my bike straight to the Tower Theater. Don't tell anybody. Okay, <laughs> you can tell them. I broke in. Like, I found an open door. Yeah. And I went to that stage and I was like, Okay. I'm going to perform more than 12 times. Actually, I said five times, but I was like, no, no, 12. And I did. But that's where my heart was. That's amazing. That's where I spent most of my time. That theater, too, is, like, so magical. I, I don't know. There's something about that stage. I've, I did acting on Cut for a summer. Oh, cool, and, cool. Um, there's something just about, of course, I had seen so many shows there. So there was something about, like, being on that stage. It was mm -hmm. so, like grand and because it like, like shoots up right yes. and just like you look out and it's like yeah. yeah and it's so there's something so magical about it i mean being on any stage really is amazing but um yeah You're i right. wonder too um how being an educator being a teacher and perform how those kind of intercede for you if they're this if there are things mm -hmm. from one you take for the other or vice versa yeah when it comes down to Research is really big for me. Mm. And so the, I think the education, and I guess we could talk about directly after that. Yeah. But the idea of connecting, because as an educator, you can't judge. Mm. You have to empathize and you have to meet people where they are. So for a character, I, that's my first thing. It's like, so where are they? Yeah. You know, um, and for directing, meeting people at their level, because there's a thing that's giving too many instructions and getting into people's heads. And so mm -hmm. I've learned, I'm learning how to back off or to even give people the authority over their art, their artistic ability, mm. asking those questions, go home and think about it, bring it back. Yeah. Um, what, what do you, how do you feel? What would be the next move that you would make? Cause I want people to become masters of their art and not just figments of my imagination. Like when I write stuff, um, I'll tell a person, you know, more about them th than me now. Mm. You know, you know them. What? Okay, so you brought something to it that I didn't think about. Right. So yeah. you teach art, you said. Yeah. Have you always taught art, like ever since your first year of teaching? Yeah, I, I spent two years as a sub, long-term term subbing, and then okay. I got a miracle of a job as an art teacher, which works because I love art. Yeah. So is there any aspect of that? Of course, I mean, art is so – there's so many ways you can go about it, I feel mm -hmm. like. What grade do you teach? I teach K through five. Okay. So fun. What school do you teach at? <laughs> I teach at Perrymont Elementary. Okay. Okay. Hey. I was, uh, do you know day treatment counselor? Yes. Yeah. I was a day treatment counselor at Darrington Elementary. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and um, loved it. Loved it. And then they moved me to a preschool at, uh, it was Hutcherson. Yeah. Um, Hutcherson Learning. Yep. I was there yeah. from, I was at Darrington from August last year until October. And then they moved me to Hutcherson from October to uh, March when, and then the pandemic happened. 
and I think some schools don't use day treatment anymore. Like the systems are changing and there's certain programs. They are changing, which is a bummer because I love day treatment. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing the job. Um, yeah. At least in Lynchburg, they, the company that I was with had a contract with LCS. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think they had people at Paramount from what I know too. We did. We yeah. did. And when we had them, it was amazing. Yeah. 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 So, and I think what's interesting about elementary, I'm sure, is that you're dealing with all different ages. Yes. Um, do you love that? <laughs> I do. And it can provide a challenge as a resource teacher. Uh, you have to switch your brain every class, right? Mm-hmm. The level of learning, the children, they come in with different experiences. Sometimes they're like, we're not having art today. We're actually going to throw everything around <laughs> and yep. stand on tables. <laughs> yep. um, and so that's a challenge, but I think that's good because it's teaching me a lot about myself and management. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that it's similar teaching is similar to directing? Yes. Yeah. 100%. What's the um, what similarities do you see? Um I think number one respecting people and the way they learn. Mm. Um because just because you say, okay, so I'm thinking of the color blue. I want you to act blue. There's some people going to be like, what do you mean by that? Because blue might mean sad, but you're talking about like a very peaceful, frosty feeling. Mm. And um, language is important um, as well. Just learning. And I like to facilitate. Because like I said, I want you to be in control of your learning process. Because mm-hmm. when I'm gone, how are you going to learn? Right. You got to learn without me. So I want <laughs> you to learn how to pick up on your own quirks in your own um, style of learning. Are you aware of like meeting the kids where they are too? Like meeting yeah. them where they're at? Yes, because I teach at two schools. I oh, teach okay. at Perrymont and I teach at Paul Monroe. Okay. Two different populations. I'm telling right. you, some kids will be like, my dad and I, what did you do this summer? Oh, my dad's boss has a um, yacht in Italy and we just went to Italy and we actually stopped at Paris and we went to the Louvre. And I'm like, my other kids is like, if you can get out the house without a shooting happening in the neighborhood, yeah. like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So it's helping me to appreciate even the kid with the yacht. So what was that experience like? Tell me what it's like to see the Mona Lisa. Mm. And the other kids is like, art speaks for you. It's not yeah. for old white people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so cool. That's so interesting too, to have those two perspectives. Yeah. They are so different. I'm sure. Huge. And like one kid is like, I hate art. The other kid's like, I think there are four primary colors. And I'm like, look, there are three. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and, and kids, I mean, even though they're, uh, they're growing up in two different households, their kids are kids too. Kids are kids. Yes. So they're all learning differently. They're all experiencing, I mean, they're all experiencing new things like every second of the day. Every second. Yeah. Every second. Yeah. Which is overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> it can be, but I think reminding myself that this is a seven-year-old there, even though they're talking to me like an adult, they're speaking out of their experience, mm. right? Yep. And um, they're still seven. Do you find it's, I, so I love working with kids. I've worked with mm-hmm. kids for years. Mm-hmm. And I found that like people, I think maybe like middle school and older, those mm-hmm. kids like to be treated like they're adults. Mm-hmm. When it's kids like elementary age, like mm-hmm. treating them like they're kids, I think mm-hmm. is so important and yes. not treat like adults. A lot of the times will, it'll be like two things. They'll treat them like adults or they'll treat, they'll be like, Oh, they're just kids. It's whatever. I don't care mm-hmm. about like that. It's just their thought. Like we don't care about what they're thinking. Yes. I think it's so, do you, do you, 
agree like do you agree with that like meaning like treating them like they're their age like yeah and i think they want to be treated that way and i think when there's a mistrust especially my school has a high turnaround with teachers and students and so when there's no sense of normalcy ever and they don't think you're going to stay there's that wall it's like Mm. now i have to take care of myself because i don't think you're going to stay here so i think have you ever seen a child be treated like a child like in library when they're reading a book and they like melt and like Yes, I'm a good kid, but then when they get on the playground, it's like now you're ready to beat people up. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> I think they want to be treated like children. It's just the trust. Yeah, and at least I found, and I'm sure you know, some kids that are from rougher home situations are they're aware of it. Like they know that like they're not in a a quote unquote normal yep. um situation. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, and they are and. I think what they look for you to do, which goes to the the attachment styles, right? Yes, the yes. Different attachment styles of like um, pushing away. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to stay? Push your buttons. Are you going to get upset? You're going to get mad with this. You're going to get mad. And then when that doesn't work, then they're like, so you're not going to change no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing for me as a teacher, not to get frustrated and become that monster, right? Yep. Or um, just like kind of feeding their attention. <laughs> Yeah, getting <laughs> negative attention is the hardest thing in my school because sometimes they like that. Yes. They want to be called yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I do want to ask you too um, what it's been like for you to do the virtual learning. Like, has it been difficult? I love, I love it. Oh, good. I absolutely love it. Um, I know it's not. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were saying that like, uh, I love it. No, okay. So the hassling and the tr- troubleshooting is a nightmare. Right. Like, I work at two schools, two different expectations. Like yesterday, we had a whole meeting at a different school because things didn't work out. Um, <laughs> but it gives me time to elaborate. Right. My lessons are actually pretty good, and I'm learning how to make content, mm. editing videos, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. learning how to use the Google Suite. Come on now, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. My sister, I think, so she's starting in a, she was in Florida for three years. Mm-hmm. She, well, she taught in Richmond for one year, then moved to Florida for three. Now she's back mm-hmm. in Richmond. So she's at a brand new school. So I think that is difficult, but then also she's, you know, doing the virtual thing. And I think it, it's just a learning curve. It's just like kind of it teaching is. yourself to do this. I think at least, so at my office that I work at, we have a high schooler that works with us and she's only there once a week right now. Mm-hmm. But she, I was like, Kayla, how, how was your first week of school, your first couple of days? And she was like, it was actually so much better than like in the spring. Yeah. That it was so good. And I was like, I think teachers just have had time to adjust and learn how to do this. Do you feel Absolutely. like that too? Like it's so much better than it was in the spring? I think so, but people are now accommodating teachers. Mm-hmm. Like now they care about how you feel and now they care about the process and they've adjusted and they've handed so many options to us. I have time to lesson plan during the day. Yeah. Last year, I had one break for 25 minutes. That was my lunch. No mm-hmm. planning, except for the 10 minutes between class. But art, you got paint, you got all that you're cleaning it up and right. by the time you stop the next class is like mr carter we're here and it's like third grade yeah. okay um here's your supplies sit down yeah, and so yeah now yeah. i have time to be a teacher <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely that's so cool to hear and it's i i wonder too how when schools do go back eventually 
you know, how different it'll be, how, how much, you know, how much will change. Not We're as far a- as like virtual learning, but I just, maybe just like the idea of te- how d- different teaching will be, if that makes sense. We're on a hybrid plan. So they're thinking that after the first nine weeks, they'll come back, but they'll come back for three days a week. And okay. our kids, when we talk about stability, have not been in school since last February. Right, right. So the, the, the behavioral, I don't know how we're going to be. Yeah. Um, oh, trust me. I mean, my kids that were getting ready to start kindergarten in mm-hmm. the fall, like, I can't even, I, I, I don't even know what they're going to be like now. No. I mean, when. Because they have no, there's no sense of normalcy. They don't know yeah. that when you come in, you can't just sit on your chair like a couch. Right. Yeah. Or you can't, you know, just yell at your friends when you get upset. Exactly. <laughs> in the middle of class or something. Yeah. And snacks. Like, you can't just eat when you want to. So it's going to yeah. be a whole. And this whole thing, like I heard last year, you're not my mama and daddy. You're right. Yeah. And you've been used to this thing of like, I can either go to virtual class or not. So I don't know if you've experienced this. I always thought with the virtual, I always thought about this, about when the kids are in their home, the parents are there. Mm -hmm. So like as a teacher, when they're at school, like it's your job to discipline them and then Mm -hmm. tell the parents what to do or -hmm. tell them what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they're at their home, like technically their parents are probably listening or hearing. So and have you found any like of that challenging too? <laughs> do you know? No, no, because I'm a little different. I get, I have to do every grade for 15 minutes once a week. Okay. But I have two schools. And so the parents, they might be standing by and like, hi, I'm Tracy's mom. I'm like, hi, Tracy's mom. <laughs> so we're drawing zigzag lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. been a problem for me, except That's for good. the emailing. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um I so you've directed what like three or four shows, I think? Um a little bit more than that cuz I've okay. done theater camps. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that something while you were in school in mm-hmm. college like you were aware of wanting to direct one day? Absolutely. And <laughs> Liberty gave me thousands of dollars of free education thanks to, um, what was our Christian service? Caesar. Oh, yeah, Caesar. Yeah, yeah. I, I touched lights. I built sets. Mm. Um, I've lifted curtains. Um, I've swept floors. I've sewed costumes. Yep. Um, because of Caesar, and I did it that way. So, yeah. yeah. I for, knew people that, for people that don't know, Caesar, so we went to Liberty University, and CSER is so every semester you have to do community service and there's like thousands of options to be honest yeah yeah you can serve i i handed out programs for the shows (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is like not anything yeah no you're (laughs) right i i did it because i knew i would be able to see the shows for free so that's why i did it yeah Um, and it was amazing i mean it was amazing um but yeah getting that experience i just wondered i mean i'm I'm sure being uh, having the educator part of you directing is just kind of a natural fit um was like a natural kind of organic transition but you see this even in like the bigger you know even in like uh, hollywood or anything like actors that now Mm want to direct or now want to write i mean like bradley cooper Mm -hmm. now olivia wilde's directing like all of these people that i just wonder if it's like you you were always interested in that that side of it too i i was i'll have to say in high school my favorite thing to do is watch other people perform Mm. And it's kind of, I wouldn't say that back then because you want to get apart, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I loved 
going to, you, you know those um, theater festivals and competitions that you do in high school? Vaguely. I was homeschooled, so. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, God bless you. That's probably the, a great thing for you. But I love going to those and just being like, okay, so I'm going to sit right in the front and I want to believe you. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just sit there and then be a critic, right? Write notes like, hmm. He looked to the left a little too far. I can't see his side of his face. But <laughs> I was a weird kid. I was weird. <laughs> but um, I love watching theater. I love watching theater. Mm. That mm. was, yeah. That's amazing. What do you love the most about, like, educating and then, like, performing? What is there, like, one specific thing? The best thing I love about educating, I started in Montessori school. And so that's oh, all great. about getting experiences. I love to set something in front of someone that could be 80 years old and then let them toggle with it and then watch the light bulb come on. Mm. And then they start making their own thoughts and connections. And I just sit back and be like, okay, so what else? What else do you think? And then they just start building before you know it, you've got this mechanism that they've created and you've facilitated. Mm. And I would say it's the same thing about directing. I love, I love scene work. I love saying, okay, yeah. we're gonna start seeing go. Pause, okay. You just made a choice. Why did you go that way? <laughs> because you told me, no, 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 no. He just came from stage left and he's frantic. What are you doing? I want to I wanna make sure he's doing okay. Go back and try it again. Go. Mm. All right, go. All right, okay, keep going. Keep. So I love the, the molding of scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, the re one of the reasons why I asked you to do the show, I saw that you were starting this new, I, 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 I'm not really sure what to call it because I don't know a lot about it, of course, yeah. but initiative, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> 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 this thing. So it's called color me beautiful, right? Yeah. Color uh -huh. me beautiful and American odyssey. Yeah. An American odyssey. Did yeah. You, was it, was this like your idea? Sure. Well, it, it's, it came out of a thing where, um, I began to talk to students from Liberty about what's going on and how do you feel and what, what is it? And not only at Liberty, but in our community and what people were saying. Yeah. And that's why I directed Ragtime. And that's why I directed Ain't Misbehaving. Um, it's because there's one thing to tell people what you need. Yeah. And then there's another part of you like Denzel would do, Viola Davis would do is like you go out and do what you need. Right. So instead of waiting for someone to do a show that's, appropriate for black people you create it mm -hmm. and so during the covid thing i got people together we read plays mm. um i had people submit their previously written plays new works and then i was like okay so now now that i know people want to do this let's get some black writers together and we're going to write a show mm. we took two months just playing around with writing and let's yeah. write scenes this is a prompt write a scene and now that group of people is, um, we're working, I, I want to call it a theatrical experience. It's not a musical, it's not a play, it's an experience. <laughs> I want to say this. And it's about narrative. What does a black narrative mean? Why do black lives matter? And yeah. hopefully we answer that in a, uh, in a different way. That's incredible. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah. Um, so are you guys still in the writing stage of it? Yeah, we're in the writing stage. We're writing music. Um, the scenes are in good shape. And hopefully by November, we're going to start adding crew members and, and I don't want to say staff and faculty, but like choreographers and start looking for people, hopefully maybe a director, maybe. Yeah. 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 
And is is it premiering next summer? Is what I heard. Or yeah, we're we're shooting for July. Oh, cool! 21. Awesome. Yeah. And you're partnering with two companies in the area. I know Luvian yeah. is one of them. And, what and then the Building other? Bridges is okay. a different company. And they usually during the summer they aid children in connecting them with theater arts. They write their little plays and then they perform them. Uh, so it's it's theater camp basically. Yeah. 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 That's right. Was it important for you to have um, the, to partner with people inside the community? Yeah. Cause that's, that's where the change, change needs to happen. Right. Yeah. There's the people with the stage and there's, there's the people with the people. Mm-hmm. How to like the, the thing that was sad to me, I talked to lots of community members, black people in my community don't know about auditions. Yeah. They don't even know where to go, when to do it. And so they stay in church and they do their plays. But the main stage is like, we need black people. Where are they? They're in their churches. They're in the, you know, the mosques. Um, and so we got to bridge the gap. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. I wanted to ask you too, how important for you is representation? Um, because I feel like it's a word, especially in Hollywood, that gets thrown around <laughs> a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, Josh just threw a mask behind me. <laughs> um but um threw threw it up in the air um but yeah i i, I just wondered because represent it's just such a broad term sometimes yeah but how is it how important to that is do you and maybe speak to like that you know the term that is being thrown around these days yeah okay so representation is really tricky because i have a a specific way of seeing it um you could go to a theater and tell them you don't represent us enough. We demand change. Right. But that type of thing comes back around. So when I start doing all black plays, someone says, well, where's the um, South Pacific plays? Mm. Well, is that your vision? Is it a part of your vision to do that? What if your vision is I want to tell female stories? Right. And Linda Cooper is excellent at doing that. I want to tell female stories. I want to show a spectrum of, being female Mm. well would it be right for me to go to your theater and demand now you do black plays i don't think so i think it's easier and it's more appropriate to partner with people who are interested and then you create the atmosphere representation when it comes to hollywood is tricky because there's money involved and there's big systems right Right. so you your your show might not get greenlit Mm. you might stop after the first season Mm. and in that way it's corporations shutting you down that's different. That's a different representation. Yeah. And it's like, you got to green light our projects. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for black people, it's like, who has the money? Because mm-hmm. it takes money. And that's my yeah. thing with my show. It's like, okay, we've got this big idea. Who's going to fund it? Yes, yes. Who's got the money? And for African Americans in our communities, we don't necessarily have a lot of the money. And so now we partner. Are you acutely aware of that, of like, it does, unfortunately, it does take money for something to make it happen. It does. And um, it takes money for people to take it seriously, right? Yeah. And I, I, all the artists in Lynchburg, the vocalists, but it takes a little bit of money for people to take them seriously. Right. But, oh, so you're just not singing at Oktoberfest. Like, you're really trying to do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there's a level of production value i guess no. for, for lack of better words that it has to be at four people to take it seriously and i'm sure you've thought of too of it being a black uh, experience or play experience 
is that it does have to be at a certain level, unfortunately, for people to take it seriously. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing is that Alluvian has given us their space. Mm. Um, and so, in, in other words, they're not looking for us to sell tickets because they're like, you can use our space. We just want to provide a, a place for diversity. Um, and so at this moment, it's like when it comes to our production side, it is the money. But um, we, do, we do want to let people know that Black theater is excellent without comparing it to something else. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that was, I wrote a big vision of like, okay, so this is what I wanted to represent, you know, Black theater and, and entertainment is worth investing in. Um, black people should get paid for their work and not just be asked right. to do it for free. But also black theater is what it is as it is. I don't have to say, oh, well, in the white theater, they do. No, because we're excellent already. Yeah. 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 yeah but it, oh. take, it takes money. You know, it, yeah. take, it takes money. I don't like the thing because <laughs> I think it does weird stuff to you, but it takes that. Mm. Yeah, I think there's this level of like, you can create something and have it be wonderful and amazing. And maybe not a lot of people see it. And that's fine. But to get it to a level where you want it to be uh, heard and seen, you do have to have a certain amount of money, I feel like. You you have to. Um, And when it comes to representation, publicity costs. Yeah. Oh, it costs. Let me tell you, it costs. So yeah, to be seen and to be taken seriously, it costs. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very fascinated by this idea. I think when like Get Out came out mm-hmm. and and Black Panther, of course, mm-hmm. those two and then maybe even like Crazy Rich Asians, like yeah. those though even those movies really you saw a shift in you know, certain areas of the country mm. maybe of like, oh, these are great movies and they represent people that we've never seen before. And let me tell you, and what Crazy Rich Asians did for me, I got until the wedding scene, which is the best scene in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it caught me that I was like, I wasn't thinking that they were Asians. Yeah. Like, I forgot. Mm. Even though I understood the culture, like, I wasn't thinking, like, this is an Asian movie. I was like, no, this is a really good, just blockbuster yeah. movie. And that's the thing is that even with like Black Panther, it was like, that was just a great movie. It, it was wasn't like, movie. it was also like great for the African-American community and mm-hmm. representation, but it was just a good movie. <laughs> and that's my question. Are we ready for that? Yeah. Are we ready to go into that space where, and excuse my, my phrasing, but Black lives don't matter anymore mm-hmm. because it's like, we're all together. And I think the reason why things are the way they are is because we're not there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're ready for black stories or Asian stories not to be what they are. Yeah. I don't think we're ready for that because then we'll forget. And then we'll be back to nobody won an Oscar this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no movies of color were considered, but it's like, because we're all equal and it just wasn't good. It was like, how do you, I may cut this, but I just want to know your opinion of the new um, like Oscar initiative thing. Did you see that? <laughs> it's going to be messy. Anytime you put race in it, it's going to be messy. And so it's like, it's great that you're being progressive, but it's like, (laughs) now you're making it hard for yourself, right? It's going to be extremely hard to, to, to get through. You might not even have an Oscar (laughs) because of the stipulations. It's a messy thing. Well, interestingly, the podcast I was telling you about, about pop culture, they were talking about it and they were like, cause I think, I don't have a Twitter, so I'm not on Twitter. Me neither. But it's too negative for me. 
um but and i also just weirdly just don't understand it i maybe i'm just like i don't know like 120 characters know. or something yeah i know but they were talking about how people on twitter were fretting like that like a movie like 1917 maybe not wouldn't get nominated during that those stipulations mm-hmm. um even though that i mean it's a great movie i i really enjoyed it but they were like they would have only had i guess these people were explaining that all they had would have had to do is have like one person represented in the in the crew and then Mm -hmm. maybe like an intern in the crew that's like all they would have had to have they wouldn't have to have anyone in front of the camera like yeah to me and that's interesting to me is that like maybe it's things may change but maybe they won't (laughs) and maybe they won't but it's also when you start it's so messy Race is so messy because at one thought, you're like, I want you to appreciate my culture and the way that I look and I want to be normalized, Mm -hmm. but I don't want you at the same time just to choose me because you want to check a box. Yes, yes. And and the same with the LGBTQ community is Mm -hmm. I I watched this one reviewer on YouTube and she was like, what are they going to be asking if you're straight or gay now in like an interview? Does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Just so they can check that box. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's the mess that... I, I say it's generational. We our country sowed seeds of discord, and we're reaping the benefits. And mm. so, what do you do with the crop? Do you keep fertilizing it, or do you cut it down and everything dies? Mm. Yeah, I just love how you're so passionate about so many different things, yeah. and but they also kind of coincide with each other. I mean, obviously, you've been an art teacher. It, you're dealing with art all the time yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and then and then a physical um ver- manifestation manifestation of art is performing yeah. and then directing and creating and writing it's like all entangled i'm sure absolutely yeah uh well we're ra- wrapping up here i can't believe we're already done <laughs> cool 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 <laughs> Um, well, of course, listeners know I ask every guest two questions, and the first one being, if I was able to hand you a blank check and uh-huh. say, use this towards your passion, Josh, uh, how would you use that? I would start an acting studio where people could come and work on their acting. That would be That's the so first cool. thing I'd do. Mm-hmm. What, have you thought about even like big goal dream ahead, like you would do that one day? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I see myself as a little old man with white hair with the turtleneck and being like, fix the lights, fix the lights. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you see it in the community right now or? I see what? Um, that that acting studio. Uh, when I, whenever I do a act theater camp, I try to implement that. That what what my philosophy and, and how I would love people to shape their minds. Yeah. So, kind of. But well, I, I mean, have... like, do you see it like being in Lynchburg? Yes. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah. it being in several places and just kind yeah. of setting up shop and letting people take oh, cool. over. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. The second question being, and if you need time to think about it, you definitely can, because I actually answer this question too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is something that you're loving right now? Something that I'm loving right now. I am loving. I'm I'm weird. I don't know why. <laughs> I've been watching like old clips of Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Like Broadway, Broadway or like movie? Broadway. Okay, like yeah, there's yeah. all these little compilations of scenes. Yeah. And comparing yeah, yeah. the scenes. I don't know why. I, maybe it's coming. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I keep watching these videos over and over and over again. I don't know why. 
Hmm. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, sometimes I live, like we were talking about earlier, I live on YouTube for like a day. <laughs> yeah, which is bad and good. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then you, yeah, you go down those rabbit holes of like, oh, what's this video? What's this one? Yeah. Yeah. And how did I get to chopping cucumbers with a samurai sword? Like, how did I get to Christian Chenoweth and Wicked? Exactly. <laughs> how do we do this? Yeah. That's great. That's cool. Um, well, I've already mentioned it before, but I got back into watching This Is Us. This, um, I'm a, it's season four. I'm watching the latest season. My wife and I were watching it, and then we like got off for some reason. Now I'm back watching it. Yeah. It is truly, I think, one of the best shows on television right now. Absolutely. Um, it's incredible. The writing is so good, and I don't know. I th- I feel like. It's just never, it's never not good. Like, it's always surprising. Every episode, like the first episode of season four, I was like, where is this going? Like, I don't know where this is going. And then it went, it went, it ended. And I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. Like, it was so cool. Uh, So I'm going to say that, but also I'm going to say, if you haven't seen the series Watchmen as well, um, it was on HBO. I did a free trial of HBO Max. I can't remember if I already said this on the podcast, but oh well, I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I did a, so it's on HBO Max, which is their streaming service, but I did a week free trial, which I highly yeah. recommend. And they, that show is just amazing. It's so, uh, it's based on a comic book that was in the, 70s i think and but it's set in modern day and they talk a lot about um you know the police and they talk a lot about um they talk a lot about systemic racism in the show Mm -hmm. and it's just incredibly well done but it's also set to like a comic book superhero kind of narrative i'll have Um, to watch that and you said well i I gotta guess i gotta order hbo yes literally week try like you pay you put i mean you put your information in but you can cancel it after a week and it's free i mean the show i think it's like eight episodes so it's like not that many um okay but it is so good um and the emmys are on tomorrow as of recording this and i hope it wins everything (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm a big um i just love watching award shows i think they're fun so (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah so i recommend those two things um josh thank you so much do you go by josh or joshua or does do you not care i i don't care okay. i tell people joshua because that's what my mom will say ah. it's all good okay well i've been calling you josh this whole time i should have said at the beginning what do i call and, I, and i didn't notice so we're good we're good <laughs> okay cool cool um well thank you for being on where can people find i mean if you want people to follow you but also like um, kind of keep up with the um, Color Me Beautiful uh, information? Where can they kind of keep up with that? Absolutely. You can find the project Color Me, Color Me Beautiful, an American Odyssey yes. on Facebook and Instagram. If you just type in Color Me Beautiful Play, and it'll take you right to our page. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Joshua Carter 24-7 and on Instagram as Joshua Carter 24-7. Real easy. Great. And if you guys are in the Lynchburg area next summer hopefully you guys you know hopefully as time permits that you or you know things permitting you guys will get to do it which i'm so and hopefully i mean i'm still in virginia so i will definitely try and come absolutely (laughs) um but yeah you guys should go check it out i'll provide all the links below um but thank you so much i thank you thank you thank you taylor it's been really cool
Yeah. Amazing. Great catching up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, uh, everyone go share this episode with your friends and your family and everyone. Uh, go like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at passionproject.pod. And we will see you next time. Bye.